0: Good afternoon and welcome everyone to another episode of Community Relations Corner. Today January 27th is designated as International Holocaust Remembrance Day by the United Nations and it marks the day that the Auschwitz-Birkenau death camp was liberated in 1945. On this annual day of commemoration, the UN urges every member state to honor the 6 million Jewish victims of the Holocaust and the millions of other victims of Nazism and to develop educational programs to help prevent future genocides. Today's program will be JCRC New York's contribution to this great effort. And we thank the Free Synagogue of Flushing for its sponsorship. I'm Michael Miller, the Executive Vice President and CEO of the Jewish Community Relations Council of New York, NY. New York City, Westchester, and Long Island are home to more than half of the Holocaust survivor population in the United States. As such, we have a unique responsibility to care for our survivor population and ensure that their stories are told. With that in mind today, we are very fortunate to be joined by Leah and Yehuda Evron, survivors of the Holocaust, who will share their stories with us. We're also joined by Gideon Taylor, who serves as president of the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany Chair of Operations at World Jewish Restitution Organization, WJRO, and co-chairs JCRCNY's own Commission on Israel and International Affairs. Welcome to all of you and thank you so much for joining us on this very significant day. I'd like to start by posing some questions to Leah and Yehuda You both have lived through a lot of trauma in your lives. So how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected you and your extended family? Oh, well, as everybody
1: else, we, at the very beginning, we were sitting at home, uh, not going out. Of course, we could uh, talk with the family through the telephone, thank God. Uh, And we had once a week, usually a Sunday, we had a Zoom with the whole family. Um, Slowly, slowly, you get uh, used to it, sitting at home, not seeing everybody uh, but you understand that you have to do it because it's dangerous uh, not to do it
2: you know? at the same time I tell everybody survivor that called me I told them I tell them that they, you cannot compare the Holocaust with the corona, because we have computer, we have uh, telephone. a telephone, we have TV, we have food, and our life is secure. Uh, during the Holocaust, everybody was afraid of his life. Uh, unfortunately, if you we talk about uh, the pandemic, uh, unfortunately, many survivors are waiting for um, a vaccine. We got it through our rabbi. Uh, I have a rabbi that I teach, uh, I study uh, Tanya every Friday, and he he gave me some uh, appointment uh, in Brooklyn, and we went to took the first. Uh, um, for vaccine. vaccine, but unfortunately, I'm trying all my best, and Gidon knows. Uh, I even addressed to Gidon and to Greg, trying to help. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we cannot get uh, appointments for our members, and this is uh, we lost uh, four or five members. Uh, they survived
0: the Holocaust and they died from Corona. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that uh, several hundred um, Holocaust survivors have, have perished during, during this, this pandemic. And to the extent uh, possible, we, we very much uh, want to be of value and of assistance uh, to the Holocaust survivor population in, in New York. And we've been working together with uh, Gideon, uh, to see what we can do to try to ensure that the Holocaust survivor population who are all older than 75 years old um, are prioritized uh, to receive the vaccine. So um, So thank you very much for responding to that initial question. And now let's dive into uh, the central message of, of today, of remembering what happened uh, 75 uh, years ago. Um, We'd be very grateful if you could share your experiences before arriving here in America. Uh, Where did you grow up? Uh, What was life like in in Poland and Romania uh, before the Holocaust? Um, Tell us about your childhood. Uh, Did you go to school? Uh, Please just begin to share with us uh, what your uh, experience was. Um, and it's so important that our, our viewers and our, our listeners hear directly from Holocaust survivors uh, as to uh, what that trauma uh, was, which is, as you said, incomparable uh, to what it is happening today during the pandemic. Yehuda and Leah.
1: Okay. <clears throat> uh, before the war in Poland, I was very young. I was four years old when the uh, war started. So I did not go to school. I was at home. We had a little garden and I was playing there and that's it. Now, uh, when the war started, uh, what I remember uh, that we left Poland and we crossed to... um,
2: Right.
1: Ukraine. But over there, it was not better <laughs> than with the Germans because they were coming into the place that the Jews were uh, uh, <coughs> staying and just get rid of them. Uh, I can tell you even one story that I remember. Uh, I had a um, sister. She was 10 years older than me. So the two of us and my mother was stayed. My father went to work. Uh, as we were there a German, uh, <coughs> German um, guy comes in and he asks for uh, water because he wants to shave. So my mother spoke perfectly German and she asked him, do you want cold or hot water? So, so he goes, oh, I didn't know that the guy, the Jews are such nice people. So my mother gave him the hot water and while he was doing his-
2: Shaving.
1: shaving the the- the um, Ukrainians come in shouting, where are the the Jews? Where are the Jews? So the the German guy goes and said, I don't want to see you here. Go away, there are no Jews here. So in a way he saved our lives. But after a while, my father decided that this is not a place for us. And he took us back to Poland. Now I have to tell you that after the war, when I asked my mother different question, she said, stop it, forget about it. And that's it. So I have, um, yep. what A gap, yep. yeah, I have, you know, the what, yeah, places that I don't know how to co- connect them. But uh, yes, we were in hiding, my mother and myself, my father and my sister went to the tarn of ghetto. They were in ghetto and after I don't know how long we had to leave the people that uh, were hiding us so we went they brought us to the ghetto to my father so we were there in the ghetto together now my mother had to go to work but uh, she didn't want to, to leave me at home because when the people went to work and the the children left behind when they came back from work, there was no children anymore. The German came in and killed everybody. So my mother was taking me under her coat and smuggled me to the work. And over there, they were mending for the German uh, (coughs) army. Army. Uh, all kinds of things, sweaters and and gloves and so. So my mother put me under the table and I was sitting there with her until uh, they took us back to, Um, you know, there always uh, were uh, people this, they think there, then think about it. And they said that um, they will uh, close the ghetto. So again, I don't know how they, my father or my mother, uh, a guy took us <clears throat> to his home, my mother and me, my father and my sister took to this, uh, took to the train. When we were uh, hiding there, one morning he comes in he said, your father is here. Wow. My father jumps jumped from the train mm. and he walked the whole night to come because he knew where we were. But he was, he had to be taken to the hospital. He was cool with blood. Probably when he jumped, he fell on his face. And so the guy took him to the hospital. And afterwards, they took him to the... um, Ghetto. To the ghetto. Now, I guess that he, together with my sister, were taken to Auschwitz.
2: We found uh, at the museum in Washington. We found their names that were killed in Auschwitz. Called my wife. She's crying. All her family, 60, almost 60 people were killed, including her father and her sister. And she's the only survivor with her mother.
0: Where were, where were you hidden, Leah? Where were you hit where did where were you hidden um, after your father was taken to, to Auschwitz uh, we
1: stayed um, actually my mother was taken to a family in Warsaw hmm. and I stayed there with another family and and um, I understood later that as long as my father was able to give the money they were keeping me. Once this was finished, they took me and brought me to where my mother was uh, hiding to the family there in Warsaw. Hmm. And we stayed with this family. until the uprising in Warsaw. Uh, when the uprising started, we had to leave, not only us, but the, the family, because it was it was a dangerous place. How do they call the um, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, it the building was very close to uh, the uh, Ghetto no, not to the Ghetto. Um, to the uprising. The uprising, yes, but it was dangerous there. Everything can blow up. Oh. Yeah, anyway. So uh, we had to leave. They left and we left. Walking on the street, not knowing where we're going A guy comes and asks her, ask my mother, do you know how to cook? She said, yes, come with us. So he took us to the guys that were, you know, uh, partisans. Mm. And she was, yes, they didn't know that we are not, uh, that we are Jewish. And we stayed with them until uh, the Russian came to Warsaw, but they they didn't come in. So the <clears throat> German took the whole population of uh, Warsaw on the train, and every stop uh, where the train stopped, they there were people staying outside and they were supposed, each family was supposed to take a few people to them. So we were lucky because uh, a very nice couple took us, especially he wanted me because he had a little boy and he wanted somebody to play with. So we stayed there until the Russian came in. But meanwhile, they wanted, they said, she has to go to school, she has to go to school. My mother said, no, 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 she's too young because I have, I have three, Birth cert- I have three birth certificates because my mother was changing them all the time that she was younger and younger that I shouldn't have to go to school. So we stayed there until the Russian came in. When the Russian came in, uh, we took the train to our place. My, before the war, my father had a a building with apartments and a factory in the back. So we took the train and the, the train station in Poland was very close to our house. So we walked and A woman stopped us in the middle of the day and said, look at this. Hitler promised us to get rid of the Jews and here they are coming back. Nice. So anyway, we came to the house was occupied by the Poles. They would let us in. But on the third floor, there was little apartment for the help, for the- uh, Maid. For the-
2: servants,
1: For the girls that uh, were helping in, in the house. So they went for the night, they went upstairs. So that's the place that allowed us to be there. And uh, from there, my mother tried to find out the family. Uh, We had, I had an aunt, my father's sister, she used in Switzerland before the war. And she was married there, she had children there. So my mother remembered one thing, the name and Lausanne. That's all. And she sent a letter to them with the name Mm -hmm. and Lausanne and believe it or not, it was delivered. Mm. So they made sure that they brought us to them. Mm. We were with them, I went to school and and this is the end of the, (laughs) the Holocaust.
0: So thank you very much for, for sharing that that with us. Um, we'll get back to you with a question or two in a moment, but I want to turn to Yehuda and ask him to, to share uh, his story now with, with all of us.
2: Uh, comparing to Poland, I think that Romania was, situation was excellent. We still, still, um, we stayed in our apartment. Uh, the only thing they took uh, the business of my father, uh, the businesses that he had, and I was not allowed to go to school. I had to war to wear a uh, yellow star. Uh, and of course uh, we we had to study in the synagogue. Upstairs where the women were praying, we had a class and downstairs they were praying. And uh, of course it was not an uh, ideal situation, but comparing to uh, what happened to Poland and, and uh, Hungary, uh, I can say that uh, the situation w- uh, was not bad, acceptable. In Yassi, where I lived, they had a program, and 13,000 people were Jews were killed during right. the program, including my two aunts, uh, two uh, uncles, okay. and my cousin. And But we survived, and
0: uh, what day, Yehuda, What What year was this, approximately? What year?
2: Uh, for
0: 1940.
2: 1940. Yeah, I think that the reason, the main reason that uh, Romania was a uh, part of the ex of the ally of Germany. Axis. Germany then right. didn't, didn't occupy as a occupier like in Poland and Hungary. They came like uh, allies. And Romania had uh, some kind of um, independence. I remember even when in Yassi, one day came a German and a Romanian officer and said, all the Jews have to come to, uh, to um. they were looking, They were they were blaming the Jews as communists. So you, they said, you you do sign signals to the uh, Soviet um, airplane where to bomb. Mm. So, so one of the Jews, uh, I remember even his name, Wasserman, went to this uh, officer, Romanian officer, and told him something, and he said. This is a good idea. He went, the officer went through, there were 40 or 50 Jews and started to take watches, rings, and put them here in his uh, shirt. And he said, good, long life to the Jews. If you have some, uh, uh, some problem, call me. He gave us the phone number and I will uh, take care of you. So this was the Romanian with money, uh, you could survive. In Poland, they took the money and they took the life.
0: Hmm. So wh- what happened after that? Um, after the pogrom in 1940, um, 13,000 people you, Jews were, you said, were slaughtered. Uh, what, what happened uh, to you subsequent to, to that? Uh, did you remain in Romania?
2: Yeah. I, we moved to Bucharest from mm-hmm. Yasin, And I went to school. I finished my, uh, I think, my third, third uh, grade. And then we went to Israel.
0: So what, what our
2: dream was always to come to Israel. I learned how to write and read Hebrew before I knew how to write and read the Romanian.
0: So what year did you were you able to go to to Israel?
2: 1950.
0: Right. So what happened between 1940 and 1950? Uh, can, you, can you fill us in on, on the, the status of your, your life uh, in, in Bucharest, I assume, during that time?
2: Yeah, in Bucharest, as I said, uh, my father was able to uh, reopen his business. He, he had a factory and um, a few stores of, uh, um, how do you say, Materials? Materials, yeah. And I went to school and uh, everything was uh, more or less okay until the Soviet Union came to Romania. And uh, at the beginning, uh, the Germans uh, blamed the Jews that they were communists. Now, the communists came to Romania and they blamed the Jews that they are capitalists.
0: Hmm. So,
2: every every time the Jew was uh, guilty, so, and they, yeah. took, uh, uh, they took uh, again, nationalized uh, her factory, his factory and his uh, stores, and uh, then we went to Israel. We had enough.
0: So we heard, we heard from Leah about uh, her family and uh, that she and her mother were the, the only survivors. Can you tell us about uh, your family, uh, Yehuda?
2: My family survived except uh, two uncles and a cousin that were murdered in Yase. And I remember that my aunt who lost her uh, son and her husband was suicidal. Mm. My father had to stay with her day and night to, to protect her from committing suicide. And um, com- as I said, comparing to what happened around us, Romania was uh, more or less okay, except Yasi, where uh, 13,000 uh, 13, Jews were killed in one day. They were taken to, uh, train. Uh, to train. Uh, hermetic hermetic closed the train without food, without water, and taking them to the uh, next station, took out. Uh, that Jews uh, went back to Yassi. All day they they had uh, the same track. And until uh, they killed 13,000 uh, killed Jews.
0: Hmm. I, we I went I to have...
2: Romania to, and we saw the um, memorial hmm. of the Jews that were killed.
0: I, I understand that both of you are very passionate about restitution. Uh, can you tell us uh, about the status of, of your, your property? Both uh, your, your fathers had businesses, had offices. You had. Uh, we heard from Alea about her home. Um, what is the status of the restitution of, of those, those properties? Um, and uh, the question is addressed to both of you.
1: Okay, so uh, my husband will tell you because he takes care of it.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Yehuda, can you please explain? (laughs) Uh,
2: Regarding our properties in Romania, unfortunately that is difficulties, legal difficulties, because my father transferred the businesses on a, a friend, Romanian, a Romanian friend, not Jewish, and Nikolai Ruce, I remember his name, and had difficulties to recover. But um, my wife uh, factory and uh, building in Poland, we are fighting for already 30 years since Poland became a free country. What, mm-hmm free country and um, we are trying our best. Uh, Last week, we sent another check to our lawyer in Poland, $15,000. We just have expenses and expenses, but it's a question of principle. We don't think that uh, they are entitled to inherit the property of her father. That was killed. Uh, uh, they they um, nominated themselves as a herd. And I don't think uh, I don't think it's the right. We we are fighting. Probably we spend more money than uh, the value of the property.
0: Right.
2: But uh, it's a question of principle. We don't give up. And uh, a few lawyers. And I created an organization called Holocaust Restitution Committee that uh, had 3,000 members, all in the same situation. They had properties, homes in Poland, and they cannot recover. And Gidon was instrumental in this effort. He tried everything. WGRO and Kleinkoffer, uh, And um, unfortunately, they refused. Comparing with Germany, for instance, that initiated all uh, uh, the Holocaust, uh, they returned all the properties, including Eastern. Uh, Germany, when mm-hmm.
0: they unified and uh, claimed confidence sold this property and had uh, the survivors who uh, were uh, in need. Well, well I, I want to turn it over to Gideon um, and with the role that you play at the World Jewish Restitution Organization that Yehuda referenced as WJRO. Uh, can you give us a sense of what the, the bigger picture is on this issue of restitution?
3: Gideon? So I think that, you know, the first thing I just wanted to say is I, I think for any of us who are engaged in this, in this work um, and, or involved as volunteers as I am now, you know, when you see someone uh, like Yehuda and Leah and their friends and people like this, it, I think for any of us who just listens to that story, you know, it's a it's, it's so inspiring that from the depths of everything that they went through comes through a optimism and a positivity and inspirational. I, when I think of all the tribulations we have in our own lives and the things that are challenging, and then when there's people like Yehuda with us (laughs) and Leah with their big smiles. And I think that says something for, for all of us. And, um, To turn to the the question of the restitution and uh, for those who are are watching, I'm going to uh, uh, to really to acknowledge Michael's uh, family connection because his father uh, was a heroic leader of the claims conference for many years, Um, took on this responsibility at a time before there was uh, many negotiations with Germany in a difficult time and was an inspirational and towering uh, figure. So Michael certainly knows this from growing up in his, uh, in his, uh, in his house, uh, the commitment to, uh, to, these, uh, to these issues. And I think for most people, like the way, as you just heard, you had to describe it, this is not ultimately about money. So people often ask when you're in a discussion or a negotiation and people say, so how much is it? How much do, do you want? How much does it cost? What's the value of it? Because we as a society, we translate things into financial terms. That's what we do. That's the way we find a medium. But it's imperfect because for many people, and you just heard it from Yehuda and Leah, and I hear it time and time again, this is about much more about an emotional connection. Often a piece of property, a factory, a home, a business, a tailor shop, it's the last tangible connection that people had with a world that was their family that was wrenched from them amidst the most savage destruction of our times of the Holocaust. So the the, the cause of restitution and the uh, argument for it, I think ultimately uh, is, is a moral one. And you know, the the even the name of the organization that, that deals with Germany, the claims conference, as Michael knows well, it has the most unwieldy name. It's called a Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany. Now that's a pretty long name. When you can look back in the history, when they were making, coming up with a name, when they came together after the war, the organizations, they inserted the word material into the name of the organization. Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany because they wanted to make the point that this was only addressing and trying to deal with material issues. But the moral issues, the issues of principle, those would continue. And I think that's been the, 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 the whole cause, both with Germany, which as a perpetrator country, and, and Austria, where there's been uh, a lot of uh, 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 compensation and restitution paid. Uh, and the issues in Eastern Europe also are moral issues about properties. And then of course, there was Western Europe, the Swiss banks and the insurance companies and so on. So it's been a, that, an effort that continues to this day And I think that as long as there's any survivor alive and beyond, it's an issue of principle. And that's why I think people like Yehuda and Leah give those of us engaged in this the inspiration.
0: Yes, and it truly is inspiring to all of us um, who are are not um, children of survivors um, or don't have survivors of the Holocaust as members of our family um, they might not be blood relatives, uh, but Yehuda, Leah, and all of those um, who endured uh, such hardships uh, become a member uh, collectively uh, of the, the Jewish family. I know we have uh, members of the non-Jewish community as well on, on this uh, web, uh, webinar. Um, I believe that you're part of their families as well and are providing us with, with guidance. Uh, and fortitude moving forward uh, through uh, the, the, the traumas that we're experiencing, which as you said, right at the outset, don't compare, as Leah certainly said, uh, don't compare uh, to the deprivation that uh, you had to live through. Um, so I, I want to move from restitution to education, uh, to memory. Um, uh, what's been happening, it's not just a matter of, of having this webinar, or utilizing this day, or Yom HaShoah um, or, or Tisha B'Av um, as days to remember. We need to remember and learn the lessons of the Holocaust all year round. Um, so uh, Gideon, w- what is the, the state of Holocaust education, particularly among young people uh, here in the United States?
3: So I think the, what we understood from Holocaust education maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even five years ago is very different from, I think, the way we need to look at it today and going forward. I mean, for us, Holocaust education is not just learning knowledge or facts, though those are very important. And we've seen a very disturbing trend of a lack of knowledge about the Holocaust, about basic knowledge. And in fact, a survey that the Claims Conference did just a few months ago, as you may have seen, um, here in the United States, but similar, we've done similar surveys in other countries, showed that of young people, over half, half could not name one concentration camp, I meaning mm. they couldn't come up with the name Auschwitz. Now, for people, for a slightly older generation, Auschwitz symbolizes not just the Holocaust, it symbolizes man's inhumanity to man. The lessons of Auschwitz are universal ones that are important for us as Jews, but important for the wider community and for people participating today, for people in this wider community. And that lack of knowledge is deeply, deeply concerning. And I think that what we need to do is to redouble our efforts because the Holocaust ultimately is the most important tool to combat racism, hatred, to make people understand what are the consequences of racism. So people can learn, oh, this is racist or that's hatred and hate speech. But what the Holocaust tells us is where does that lead to? It leads to the stories you just, just heard from uh, Yehuda and from Leah. And that's what I think future generations need to take from the Holocaust. That's what for us Holocaust education means. And you know, today we are, we're, we're blessed that we can be joined by a Yehuda and a Leah. We have people who can tell their stories in their own voices. We need to think about a world down the road in years to come. And we need to make sure that the, the lessons can be learned by a younger generation that doesn't, that maybe won't hear Yehuda and Leah and people like them, and survivors uh, who went through the unimaginable. Um, And I think that's a task for all of us. I think it's for the Jewish world, the non-Jewish world, it's for organizations, it's for government, uh, it's for individuals, it's for all of us. That's very important. Before I ask a
0: question of Leah and Yehuda, if uh, any of our viewers want a question to be posed, Uh, please just uh, put it into uh, the the, the chat. Uh, We appreciate uh, some of the very kind comments that have been put into the chat um, about this program. But if you have questions, don't hesitate over the course of the next few minutes that we're going to be together uh, to do it immediately so we can ask the questions. And now I wanna pose the question as I did uh, to to Gideon. why is it important uh, for you, Yehuda and, and Leah, Leah and Yehuda, why is it important for you that we emphasize Holocaust education um, and and Holocaust memory? Gideon um, uh, just spoke to it, but uh, let's also hear uh, about why you believe that Holocaust education and Holocaust memorialization is so important as survivors of the Shoah, of, of the Holocaust.
2: Uh. Are you, because, because unfortunately, we see that 70 years after the Holocaust, people already they started to forget. And some people deny that even Holocaust uh, ever happened. So I think that uh, this is a very important to keep the memory of the Holocaust alive to talk to the new generation. And uh, to we had a program that we uh, interviewed. Uh, we were interviewed by students at NYU and- uh, yeah, they were coming to yeah, us. Uh, they were coming to our house. And uh, like you said, Gidon said, they don't know anything about uh, the Holocaust was a guy from a student from India. He said, I never heard the word Holocaust. Holocaust. Mm. So we spent some time with them. And uh, I th- I think it's very, very important to keep the Holocaust uh, life, uh, memory alive. Because uh, we saw uh, now in the capital uh, there were people uh, Walk wearing Auschwitz, uh, and six million were not enough. Right. So this type of, uh, unfortunately, we still have, anti-Semitic people, that um, that think that uh, we had a meeting, uh, uh, Zoom meeting with uh, Zuckerberg, mm. and many people. Uh, on facebook were denying the holocaust right we so asked him to interview and i remember a quote from one of the guys he said the holocaust never happened but we will make sure that it happen today so that's mm. it's terrible
0: Le- Leah do you want to add to that?
1: Well, I think also that we, uh, we have to uh, do anything possible uh, that Holocaust uh, won't, uh, how do you say? What happened again. Uh, what happened again, of course, but uh, not, it was not be forgotten because I think we owe it for all the people that were killed during the war. We have to keep it, uh, you know,
2: uh, how do you say, alive. alive. Right. So
3: do you-, yes, you can... Lent,
2: Lent Conference, is helping a lot. They have a program that makes uh, make sure that uh, young people, get educated about the Holocaust and in school and in university, I think that Gidon uh, has a class in uh, one of the universities in New York that teaches um, Holocaust, about Holocaust.
0: So thank you. One of the, the questions which is coming in um, is the, do, do, do both of you, do you have, uh, children of your own? You you have um, another generation. Um, we we didn't talk about your own family.
2: We have three boys and three five boys. grandchildren, and now one grand, uh, grand granddaughter, grandchild granddaughter in Israel.
0: Mazalto, uh,
2: thank you, thank you. First great grandchild. And we wanted, last year we went three times to Israel. This year we try to see him, and we can see him only uh, through the picture they, right. send us, uh, they send us by email. So
0: but, how, how has your experiences impacted on, on your children and your grandchildren? How, how aware are your children and grandchildren of what you've shared together with us today, or maybe even more aware.
2: We told them, uh, they ask questions, especially my wife, uh, about her experience and uh, in the ghetto in Poland. And we tell them all the time, even if they don't ask, we initiate discussion about the Holocaust. Uh, they know that we are involved, very much involved in Holocaust activities, uh, Holocaust survivors activities. And uh, they appreciate that very yeah. much.
1: They like to come and see pictures that I have from before the war right. and after the war, whatever was left, yeah. And-
0: so uh, Leah, uh, one of the questions which is coming, uh, which is coming on on the chat, is what city in Poland uh, were you from? We know where Yehuda came oh. from in Romania. Before I
1: was, uh, in we lived in Zibians.
0: Okay. Yes. yes. And and how important is it um, for you that there be the preservation of a Jewish heritage in Europe? especially in Poland and Romania. Again, Jewish heritage being recognized in Poland and Romania today. How important is that?
1: I this think it's the, important.
2: It is. I think we, we went a few times back to Poland, hmm. a, a few times, even we took uh, our children and grandchildren. We hired a minibus, and we took them to tour the Berlin and to, to go to Auschwitz. And a, a picture of our one of our granddaughters. She was writing all the time. So I said, "Lee, what are you writing all the time when we were in Auschwitz? Because I want to bring my children." to Auschwitz and show them exactly what happened.
0: Right.
2: Uh, that's very important. Um, I was very impressed.
0: One, one of our viewers also uh, mentioned that Steven Spielberg has a whole a video project of interviews um, of Holocaust survivors. Have the two of you been interviewed either by that project or some other project so that your stories are, will remain uh, uh for forever
2: i think you were interviewed Death? by spielberg
1: i i think i was
0: yes yeah i think i was yeah it's very um, Im- important in perpetuity that the the stories of of the holocaust survivor community um are are enshrined um uh, be, because um uh, the, the laws of, of, of nature. Uh, we're on this earth only for a limited uh, period of time. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, the, the two of you uh, with us. And thank God you have uh, children, grandchildren, and, and a, a great grandchild. Um, so um, I'm, I'm going to turn to each one of you to ask for a, a last word from each participant um, as a message to our many viewers. Um, regarding the International Holocaust Remembrance Day about how important this day is. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll start with Yehuda and, and Leah and conclude with, with Gideon. So just uh, a few uh, short sentences on the importance of this day and what it means to you and what it should mean to all of us. Yehuda, do you want to start?
2: Yes. Uh, I think that's uh, I wish we had more than one day a year to uh, to memorize the uh, the Holocaust, the Holocaust because this is with us every day. We live the the past, and um, like you said, Spielberg uh, effort and Clint conference effort and WJRO effort are all directed to word uh, the memory of Holocaust to be kept? I said I saw in sixty minutes they have a project. I think they they interview uh, the um, Holocaust survivors for six days, and they ask all kind of questions, and uh, they have a, a, a program, a software that. Uh, shows the survivors, even after they die, t- 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 telling them, telling the, their uh, stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I- Eva Kor, uh survivors, was interviewed, and she passed away. And they interviewed her uh, at 60 Minutes um, about the question about the Holocaust, and that it's, i think—it's very, very important to keep the memory of the Holocaust to make sure that uh, doesn't happen again. I remember I no you, Huda, that. I understand.
0: I understand Yehuda. That I understand That you lead a group of, of survivors in Queens. Uh, yes. Queens, and. Um, and that uh, hopefully you've stayed connected during the the pandemic um, and how important it is even that in within the survivor community that that there's a communication and I believe that there also are our um, our holograms that um, reference uh, the, the the holocaust with another way of of, of in continuing uh, remembrance and uh, truth be told that uh, my uh, sister uh, works at the uh, claims conference and has been feeding me information <laughs> uh, in, in, this, in this regard. So let um, me go back to my question, though, about the importance of this day. And I, I'd love to hear one more time from, from Leah before we conclude. The importance of the day, Leah. The
2: importance of this day.
1: Importance. First of all, as I said, to remember all the people that we lost, that's number one. Number two, uh, to uh, go into schools and teach the young people about it. It's very important.
0: Right. Thank you. Um, and I'll turn it and to video. We are
1: always open for young people if they want to come in
2: and uh, interview us. Interview us. We, we are open. We are ready to tell them the story.
0: That's wonderful. I remember that
2: I got a picture from a grandparent looking at his number from Auschwitz. And his grandson asking, This is the number that you have to remember? So he answered, the grandparent asked, uh, answered, This is a number that you have to remember, not me.
0: Very, very, very so, important message. Uh, Gideon, can you uh, yeah. wrap up?
2: And
3: I think two things. Number one, um, this, the Holocaust, this is a story, yes about Yehuda and Leah and a Jewish story in many ways, but this is a story of universal relevance. This is important and learning and knowledge for our society, our broader society, our wider society here in New York. Second point, I just last point I wanna make, New York, as you said at the beginning, Michael, half of the Holocaust survivors in the, United, in the United States live in New York. New York became a home to Holocaust survivors, a welcoming home after terrible and tumultuous times and i think new york has a special responsibility for for the welcoming of survivors for how we deal with survivors and for education and messages of education and lessons of the holocaust and i think that's what this day i think speaks to thank you so much my my thanks and the
0: thanks of all of our our viewers uh, to leah Uh, to Yehuda, to Gideon, thank you so much for joining us on this very special edition of the Community Relations Corner. So meaningfully sharing your memories and shedding some light uh, in the darkness of of the Shoah. Uh, This has been so informative and inspirational to commemorate International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh, So again, our heartfelt gratitude for taking time out of your days to uh, share your stories uh, together with us and give greater meaning uh, to uh, this very important day on the calendar. Uh, I'm Michael Miller, and we look forward to seeing you again next week on the Community Relations Corner. We're going to be interviewing a very dear friend of mine, Reverend Jacques de who will be discussing the meaning of uh, Black History Month in 2021. Uh, again, my thanks to our, our amazing guests, uh, to Leah and Yehuda Evron, uh, to Gideon Taylor, uh, my thanks to our production team at JCRC, uh, to Noam Gilboard, to Rebecca Grossman, uh, and to Jennifer uh, Glick. My thanks to all of you for participating, for participating together uh, with us on this most important and solemn day. Uh, shalom to all, look forward to seeing you again, bye-bye. Thank you. thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you.. Thank you to all of you.